Welcome to Revitalize Your Relationship. You are listening to episode 65, Good Communication. Hello there, lovers, and welcome to episode 65. Today, I am joined by a very special guest. In fact, it's my favorite guest ever. As much as I love my other guests, this guest is my husband, Steve, who has not been on this uh, podcast for a very long time, and I think it was still called Alive with Purpose back then, but I thought, you know, episode 65, something to celebrate, and I wanted to have him on here today to talk with all of us about good communication. So um, I thought this was also really important because Steve is not a life coach, and yet our marriage, I think we communicate pretty well actually. Um, You know that when you hear any relationship expert, any relationship advice, like at every freaking wedding, someone will say, make sure you have good, healthy communication. But I feel like nobody really explains what that is or how the hell we're supposed to do that. So I wanted to invite Steve on the podcast today to talk about that with us. And we'll talk about what it kind of looks like in our relationship and some other good things. So welcome, Steve. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Uh, And I'm excited about the topic. Communication is foundational, and yet how do you do it? That's the big question. And I've spent a lot of time thinking about it, practicing it, and otherwise, um, yeah, really trying to do my best at it because um, it's what makes things good. Right? It's, it's the foundation of a good relationship, as everybody says. So it's worth really thinking about and practicing and talking about. So that's what we're going to do today. Thanks for having me on the show. Just to be clear, I totally made you come on the show. <laughs> um, okay, so first of all, I think often people confuse healthy communication with just saying whatever comes to their mind. And I want to be really clear before we get started that a running monologue does not equal healthy communication. I actually think that really great communication between couples happens when both people are pretty good at listening. Um, I would be interested maybe, Steve, to hear what your thoughts are. Like, what does healthy communication look like in a marriage or in a relationship? Healthy communication starts from a strong foundation of where you want to go together, as well as mutual respect. So those are not the things you say. Those are the things that you have agreed to along the way. Those are the reasons you're together. That's what brought you together in the first place was you had a a vision for what you could do with this person, what kind of life you could have together. So holding that firmly in your your mind, even if it's not present front and center, but it's like in the back there somewhere, it's like, I know there's, I know there's something even in the middle of, you know, feeling however you feel and whatever communication breakdowns are about to happen, kind of coming back to that place of, why are we doing this? Why? What? What is it that we're here to create together? In in our situation, it was it was in our wedding vows that we wanted to um, 
have magical adventures together. And that's not just out in the world, but it's, it's between ourselves. It's where we want to go individually, internally, in our own consciousness, you know, in, in our own development, right? A commitment to development, a commitment to growth. And that's the foundation. So there's where you want to go, what kind of life you want to live, how you want things to feel, right? These are all foundational before you even say a word. I like the how you want things to feel one because that goes beyond just, I'm thinking about this, this is on my mind. It's how do we want our home to, what's the vibe? What's the vibe we want to create in our home? What, what do we want our children to experience life as when we're talking, when they hear us talking? So those, those are some of the foundational pieces. What do we want to create in ourselves, between each other, in the world, right? You as a life coach are setting the example for others, saying this is how you do it. And that's something that I've committed to as well, is how do I set an example of how you do it? Not that I'm always going to be right, but that's what I'm aiming for. And that's what you're aiming for. So then I know that when things get weird, when I make a mistake, when you say something that I'm not sure what's going on, like there's just room because I know that fundamentally the the intentions are good and that we're trying to create something exceptional. So that's that's like before anything, that's like the foundational layer. And then right on top of that, and kind of growing from that is respect. There's a feeling and a commitment to mutual respect so that when you speak, when, when I share what's on my mind or decide not to share what's on my mind or whatever it is, it's a sense of um, I want to do what's best, not just for me, but for you and for, for the whole thing that we've created here. So it's, it's all kind of growing from that foundation through layers, sort of like uh, I was just out weed whacking and they aware that all these things that are growing have these roots, right? What are the roots underneath your, underneath your communication? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think something too that you mentioned a few times is that before you ever communicate verbally with the other person, that a lot of it has to really come down to the own, your own work. So I think a lot of where a lot of couples go kind of sideways with this stuff is they feel like their ability to communicate well comes from the other person. It's like, well, I don't feel comfortable expressing my opinions to my partner because they get defensive or I don't feel like when I ask them to do something that they respect what I'm asking and then they go and do it. And I would, you know, I kind of say exactly what you're saying, which is maybe in a bit of a different way, that the only permission you need to make a request of someone else, the only permission you need to state what's on your mind comes from you. And I think that more people have to have that self-respect. It's not just about having respect for the other person, because obviously you can respect someone else, but if you have no foundational level of your own respect for your opinions or your own desires, then you are going to still be hanging your hat on whether your partner does what you're asking. So I often make the distinction with my clients between a clean request versus more of like a manipulative expectation. Um, 
I, and it's, it's weird because we're kind of, I think, taught this from a really young age. You guys hear me say this all the time on the podcast, but we're so often taught to be, to define who we are based on how other people treat us. But I'm hoping that the more of us that are doing work like this will start to teach other people how to treat us because of how we treat ourselves. And if you have so much respect for yourself and you're coming into a partnership, a relationship with that foundational layer, you're going to be much, it's going to just be so easy to respect the other person. And it's going to be easy for them to respect you. It's going to be easy to talk about things like you're on the same team. Um, I think that's something that you and I are really good at is that when we have maybe a, a, a point that we don't agree on, if we both have feel very strong feelings about something and they don't line up, the point of the whole thing is always that we're on the same team. So I'm never concerned with, I mean, this is this took years and it still sometimes happens. I'm not more invested in being right or getting my way than I am feeling like I'm on the same team as you at the end of the day. And that I think has been the biggest shift that I have gotten personally from coaching is that I don't have to always be right. And it was very painful for me to get to this place, but it's so liberating. And I think if more people came at difficult conversations or places in their relationship where they might normally fight, having that underlying thesis that you're on the same team, the most important thing is the partnership, not who's going to get their way. I think it changes the entire tone of the relationship, no matter what is going on. That's, that's great. I also think it's important to talk about communication, not just in how do we not fight or how do we handle difficult things, but also how do we create a deep connection, right? How do you share what's important to you? Kind of a commitment to a shared dream is one thing, but then building it is part of good communication. If, uh, if you never talk about it, if you never work out what you think is going well with where your lives are headed, what you think could be better about where your lives are headed, then it will never, it will never flourish the way that it can. So I feel good communication is not just the challenge of dealing with intense emotions or how to manage all the you know, challenging things about the human experience. It's also how do you build on the really good things? And make your relationship not just weather the storms, but actually something that you cherish. And that's not, that's not a given. You can't just take it for granted that you'll be able to share what's in your heart and what's on your mind and what you hold dear just because you're living with somebody. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, sharing your life wins with the other person or just celebrating you know, maybe you've been in a pattern where you haven't been great at communicating, like, and then you have a streak where you're doing it really well. That deserves to be celebrated. I think so many, so much of the time in the self-awareness world, in the self-help world, we're constantly working on ourselves so much that we forget that the point of working on yourself is so that you can have more joy in your life, so that you can appreciate the time and the energy that you've got and have that purposeful life which includes being excited when things are going well. 
sharing something wonderful with your partner and actually making that time to connect. I think it's so important. A lot of people are afraid for things to be too good. You think they're being inauthentic or that they don't deserve it or that there must be something they're missing. They got to find something that's actually wrong with it. What if things were actually just as good as they seem to be? Can you communicate about that and be grateful about that? I think that's part of good communication, right? Because what, what are we trying to do when we say we're communicating well? The way I see it is you're, you're weaving the bonds of relationship, right? You're becoming closer with another person by intertwining your life with theirs. And that's the bad stuff. That's the good stuff. And it's, yeah, you're sharing your humanity. I love it. Okay. Now we're going to get real for a second here. I know there are some people listening to this podcast and they are rolling their eyes and they're going, well, that's great that you two are having such a good time. And that's great for all those people who love their partners and never fight. But what about the rest of us? So I would be really interested, Steve, in your take on how someone who's maybe listening to this podcast right now, who's thinking about their relationship and they just think that everything we're talking about seems like another planet, (laughs) a totally different relationship. What would kind of, what would you say that people can do who maybe have established the habit of unhealthy communication? They've they're in the habit of arguing all the time or they're in the habit of not talking to each other and not celebrating the wins. What can one person or the couple together do to really start to shift into a place where they got the goods that we're talking about right now? I think we started with it that the foundation of it is where you're at, right? It's, it's, up, to, it's up to you, the listener, the subject of consciousness, the, the I, to be grounded in what's most important and where you're coming from and what you're going to do with your life. It takes two people to argue, as you've said in the past and as we've had our minds blown just thinking about. If one person is trying to push your buttons, but you don't let those buttons be pushed or you realize that they're trying to push them, then you're in a different position than if you just react. Yeah, you know, I love doing this little thought experiment with my clients sometimes, but when they'll say like, oh, he was just trying to annoy me on purpose, I or she was just, you know, pushing my buttons, and they make that assumption about the other person, I love this. I think I heard this for the first time from my coach, Brooke Castillo, but what if you were totally wrong about that? What if the other person was saying whatever it is that they're saying that you find annoying or that you find hurtful and they were actually saying it from a place of loving you and wanting to keep you safe and not wanting you to get hurt. So I I have this happen so many times where I'll, I'll be speaking with somebody on a consultation or even a client and they'll say, you know, my partner's not very supportive. They don't really care about me. They, they're always telling me not to try this thing or not to do this or to not you know, go out and start my new business. They just, they don't support me. And I always want to question that. I'm like, if you really think about it, if you really believe that that person loves you, then could it be possible that all of this stuff that they're saying to you is just coming from a place of fear, 
Maybe they're just afraid that you're going to get hurt or you're going to be disappointed. They don't want to see you sad. We are not great at being objective with people that we love. Um, if you have kids, I'm, I am notorious for not wanting my one or one and a half year old to climb anything because I'm just like, oh, he's going to fall. And Steve is way better at letting him kind of try new things. He's like, well, if he falls, he's going to learn that this hurts. And I'm like, I know, but I don't want to see him get hurt. We often want to protect other people for us to feel better so that we feel like we, we've we helped them somehow. And I think that so much, so much of the time miscommunications happen when both people are actually coming from a place of love, but they're making weird assumptions about one another. So I always like to remember this little thought that Brooke definitely gave me where she said, you can either be happy or you can be right. So you can assume that everything you're thinking, all the negative thoughts you're having about the other person, that you're correct, or you could be open to that fact that you might be totally wrong, that you have no idea what they're thinking, you have no idea what they're feeling, and if you actually care to know, you can ask them, which is the basis of really good communication. I think if you want to get better at communicating with your partner, asking them questions rather than jumping to conclusions. This is a lot harder than it sounds because our brains like to decide ahead of time what everything means before we ever <laughs> get around to asking someone else. But instead of jumping to conclusions, ask the person what they meant by that phrase. Ask them why they forgot about the dinner date. Being curious and being open will get you so much further and result in so much more peace and love within your relationship than jumping down the other person's throat and, you know, assuming the absolute worst. And just knowing that your brain does that automatically, it's not actually something that's wrong with you. There's You're not broken if you do that. That's just one possibility of about a million. So I like to keep that in mind. Because the other thing that happens when you ask rather than assume is you get really good stuff from the other person. Right? Communication is two ways. So if what you just said before was a really good question because you're really curious about the answer, then that communication is going to be excellent. It's, it's not just your talking, it's, it's also your questions. Um, one of my favorite leaders at work where I, where I work is uh, a master at this. I've, seen, I've, I've sat next to him and, and we were both working with someone who had a particular problem. And... I noticed that he just started asking questions and they were good questions about the topic, like the challenge that this person had. And my instinct was to just offer advice. You know, like I was like, I don't know what to do about it. And I'm, I'm like, oh, I got, I got this one. I got this one. And, and my colleague kind of beat me to it with this great question. I'm like, oh, I'm just, I'm just going to sit here and watch what he does. And time after time, not just in that one session, but over months and months, I see that his technique for being an amazing communicator because at the end of all that questioning and then just like hearing the other person out, like digging for gold within his dialogue partner, his communication partner, which is a relationship. It's not a marriage, but it's still a relationship. Uh, at the end of all of that digging for gold with his communication partner, he's able to offer two or three succinct thoughts that touch the very heart 
of that person's issue that he could not have known had he just offered advice after the first couple of sentences. That's so cool. <laughs> He's a coach. You just didn't know that you were working with a coach. Um, so I love this because I feel like what we're saying is the the process for really good communication, it's asking great questions, listening deeply, and then speaking with the with with the deepest intention in mind. You know, pointing out where somebody failed or went wrong is probably not going to be very important to do if your underlying thesis is that we're a team, we're in this life together, I love and care about this person. So I I think that that's how you do it. That's actually how you communicate well. That's how you can kind of get the ball rolling. Um, And obviously every situation is different. There's a lot more specifics that I get into with my clients when we are actually coaching. So if that is you and you actually would like some help with this, this is what I do every day with my clients. Uh, You can reach out to me in the show notes or at revitalizeyourrelationship.com slash consultation. Steve, any last thoughts that you would like to offer? I think just to go back to the point about starting from the foundation of what's important, what do you want to create, one key element of good communication, and I think about this with my children, I think about this with the people that I work with, and I definitely think about it with you, Erin, is uh, what's important to actually bring up. Because if you wanted to just bring up everything, you could, and then that would not be effective because you're just always picking on this and picking on that and sharing your thoughts on this and you know lobbing your opinion over on that and it just becomes a bunch of noise i try not to just say no 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 do this do this with my kids same thing with my colleagues and for communication to really be effective with your spouse with your partner the way you let them know that you care is by picking your moments with care and then the communication has weight it has thoughtfulness behind it and you're able to allow space for the other person to be human and just it comes back to what kind of a atmosphere do you want to have right if you're always yelling about this harping on that it's not going to be very easy to create a peaceful creative home life but if you just make room for people to be people, which means they're going to do things that are, you know, not exactly according to code or the way that you would have it be done, but you just make room for it because some things just aren't important. Building that room in yourself is what allows you to make room for it in the relationship. Yeah, absolutely. We're humans. Nobody does this perfectly. And your brain is naturally going to fixate on the negative because that's how we've evolved as a human species. We are pre-programmed to look for the negative. You know that that's got to be true because who would choose negative? Like, it's not fun. It doesn't feel good to feel negative emotions, but they are part of the spectrum. They're part of the deal. They're part of what makes us human. And I think just giving yourself a lot of space and kindness and compassion, if you can do that for yourself as well, 
it's so much easier to do it for someone else. I think it's really funny because usually the people that have the worst communication who are the hardest on their partners are also really horrible to themselves. Like they're just judging themselves all day. They feel bad, they feel guilty, and they just can't contain it and it spills out over into the relationship. So I think a lot of this has to do with doing your own work, learning how to be kind to yourself because this is hard. It's hard to to make this shift to change this habit. And once you can give yourself a little bit of that ease and love, you're going to have more compassion and understanding for the person who you spend every day with. Um, They're going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. But if you can talk about it with that, that main intention in mind, and you can keep that as part of the picture, you're just going to end arguments before they even start. Like you are going to not have to have the conversation about who left the dishes out because it doesn't ultimately matter. And I just, I think there's so much work that we have to do in the world. There's so many important things that need our attention. And it's very hard to do those things if you don't have the feelings of love and support at home that you deserve. So it's very important to clean this stuff up. It's really important to establish healthy communication with your partner And I know, Steve, you said it at the beginning, and I just want to say it one more time, but some of this stuff is going to be based around the values that you got together with your partner around. But I think sometimes it also deserves its own conversation. You know, if you really want to set a new tone with your partner, yes, of course, you can start to act differently. You can start to take care of yourself and, and look into your own intentions, but Letting them be part of the team by saying, hey, I've noticed that our communication seems a little awkward or weird or we tend to like drop right into the negative. And I personally would love to change that because that's I, I think it's important to our, our, our healthy relationship. You know, let them in on it. Maybe they're not going to conform to what you want to do. That's okay. But let them know that you're wanting to work on this. Um, I think that that is such a beautiful gift you can give yourself, that you can give your partner, and yeah, you can let them know that you're trying to do this new thing and you'd love their support. So that's kind of what I would love to leave you all with. Anything else, Steve, that you're good? I'm all good. It's a pleasure being able to think this through and talk about it with you and your beautiful audience. They are quite lovely. (laughs) Thanks for being here, and uh, I'll see you at dinner. (laughs) All right, there you have it. My chat with my lovely husband, Steve Hossie. As I mentioned in the episode, if you need some support around this, you want to figure out the plan for how to do this in your own relationship, I would love to talk to you in a consultation. You can find out more about that in the show notes. And I will talk to you next week. Have a beautiful day and a beautiful relationship. Take care.